Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. And here comes Seti Osman down by 11. Nice job by Gobert getting back defensively and then blocking Osman at the rim. Wow, what a play. Three on one break. Cross court pass. Bogdanovich for three. Boyan. Yeah, he was just making the right plays, you know, and uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing, you know, him just continuing to be aggressive, and that's not always score. Uh, for him, we just want to continue to be aggressive, you know, not not really overthink it. And tonight was with the pass. You know, some games it's, it's scoring, but tonight he did a good job of, that, of both. There you go. The Jazz, as expected, have no problem dispatching the hapless Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers on a good day are not that good at 17 and 44. And without their nucleus of their team, I mean, they were missing Andre Drummond, uh, Tristan Thompson. uh, Garland is a young guard that they're trying to build around. He and Sexton. Sexton had a nice game. 32 points for the Cavs, but the Jazz win easily. You know, I think that the thing that I like here is that guys were doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's why I wasn't so worried. If in terms of for, uh, to Bogdanovich's game, if we're worried about him making shots, well, it's only a matter of time before he's going to make shots. It's not someone who is going to be slumping forever or for three, four weeks. And obviously he didn't. I mean, he's 10 for 19, 5 of 10 for 3. The Jazz made 20. Well, they go 20 of 41. That's like 48% from 3. Free and easy, making the ball move the way it's supposed to. When you look at the prototypical Jazz win, this is exactly what it was. You had Joe Ingles. Now, he's not a high-volume shooter, obviously. He only took, what did he take, uh, two shots. Made one of them and had a couple of free throws. But he had eight assists, right? So he's playing 29 minutes. He's moving the ball. Three rebounds. Uh, chip it in there. So you got that going on, right? And Clarkson doing his thing. You know, he didn't go crazy, but he made half of his 10 shots. And then you look at Conley. Conley was solid. Donovan Mitchell was not spectacular. They didn't need him to be spectacular. A Gobert yeah, probably had a, one of his better games in a while. Uh, eight of nine with 20 points and nine boards. Five blocks. Who is this Porter dude? I'm watching the game, and this Porter, like three times, tried to challenge Gobert. I don't know. Don't you pay attention to any form of a scouting report? I'm watching this game. I'm thinking, son, what are you thinking? Well, It's not going to happen for you. There are young guys who come into the league, have heard about the reputation of Rudy Gobert, PK, and it feels like they're all like, okay, I'm going to get one over on this guy. And then Rudy's just like, yeah, okay, you can think that, but it's not actually going to happen. <laughs> no. And it didn't happen. Obviously, it didn't happen. It wasn't going to happen. Gobert was very active. So I asked a question to you out there in Radio Land. That's two in a row. Is it just two crummy teams? Because they did lose to crummy teams before. And they got crummy teams coming up again. So uh, you think that they found something? Uh, just playing sim- Is it simply playing better? Or is it just simply beating lousy competition or is it somewhere in between we'll get to that next but the jazz do what they did they needed to get that win and they got it and then our stars beating the south lake south bay lakers south bay that's my old stomping grounds where i used to live here in this arena for franchise record 9400 folks now that was some form of a uh, autism awareness night autism that they had going on last night. Yep. Yeah, so uh, you know special that, uniforms. Yeah, so uh, good for that. They got the Santa Cruz Warriors 
do we know? Is uh, Curry playing in that game? I do not know. Because he, he did play. Practiced with he them practiced, yesterday. Practiced, I guess you're yeah. right. He but that's the Warriors uh, team just down it's the uh, road there. Yeah. And uh, so, man, that would be something if Steph Curry came. Have him playing at Salt Lake Community College. <laughs> Well, we'll have to we'll have to check that out. See if we can find that on the internet because he's about to come back. We'll get to that here a little bit right now with your NBA. Hashtag NBA. Westbrook at the right wing. Two seconds. Pull up at the foul line. Missed off the front of the rim twice. Knicks win the ball game. 125-123. The Knicks winners over the Rockets, ending their six-game losing streak. And what a game for RJ Barrett, matching his rookie best with 27. Finally, after years, we have a legitimate reason to talk Knicks basketball. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) The hapless Knicks, they rise up for one night anyway and beat the Houston Rockets. I just said, coming into uh, this segment or leading out, finishing off the last one, I guess it was, that I did not expect the Knicks to put up much of a fight and that I went and looked and saw it was a close game as I'm watching the Jazz game and checking my phone for other scores and thinking, oh, well, something's happening with Westbrook and Harden. They're not playing. Well, they did play. Uh, 39 minutes for Harden, 37 for Westbrook. He had the game-tying free-throw line jumper that did not go down. Uh, You know, they scored 123 points, so they could score more, obviously, but they basically did what they did. They didn't have the greatest shooting night. Uh, Harden was only 8 of 22. Uh, They shot 41% as a team, and then the threes were way off. They were, for those two anyway, Westbrook doesn't shoot that many. He was 1 for 3, and Harden was 3 for 13, so it's at 4 for 16. Uh, And Eric Gordon, only 4 of 11. But... You know, they did play, and the Knicks got them. How about that? The Knicks. Just heard about R.J. Barrett, the young fellow out of Canada via Duke. With uh, what did he, the announcer said his uh, career high, 27. Even better. Let him go off for 27. He's probably not going to be able to go off again because we know that the Jazz got those guys tomorrow night. I think they flew out uh, last night. They were talking about after the game. And so they spent today in New York and then tomorrow. So they should be fully rested. That shouldn't be an issue. But I think as far as the Jazz goes, they've got to get that game too. Uh, losing to the Knicks would be something, you know, the, the Rockets did it. But if you lose to them, you just give it right back because you still trail the Rockets by game. So you picked up a game on the Rockets in the race for fourth place. Jazz are still three full games back of the Clippers. And the Clippers and Nuggets are tied identically 41 and 19 for second and third. And you looking like you're either going to be, well, I guess the, I'd give it uh, three spots at this point as far as the Jazz goes. I'd give it to fourth, fifth, or sixth because they're a game behind the Rockets, but they're only a game in front of the Thunder. And really, they're only two games ahead of the Mavs. So I suppose they could fall back to seventh place. And doesn't look like that uh, would be likely, but it's possible. And then Memphis is uh, Jazz are like eight games clear of those guys, so that's not going to happen as far as falling all the way to eight. But that's something to keep an eye on, and they've got to make sure that they get this game tomorrow to keep pace and see if you can find a way to uh, 
uh, get Houston. If you got super hot, maybe you can, and one of the, either the Clippers or Nuggets took on an injury or they got super cold, maybe you can get that going on. So that was a big game for uh, the Jazz and the Rockets as far as that goes, Jazz being able to pick up a game. Another stunner last night was the, uh, maybe, not, maybe not a stunner, but the Miami Heat playing host to the Bucks. The Bucks have been rolling, and our guy, Antetokounmpo, had one of his worser games, did he not? Yeah, he wasn't very good at all. Had an off game, yeah. Yeah. For, Which he normally is on. Yeah, the way that kid has been playing this year. I mean, geez, he's really amazing with that. Uh, just take at the free throw line, he does that spin, and then he takes one step, and he's on top of the rim for the dunk. And he was only 6 of 18. He didn't make a three-pointer all four. He had 15 boards, but only 13 points. So the Bucks still looking really good to have the best record, not only in the East, but in the West. But the Heat, you know, they're a formidable team, particularly at home. Uh, so they pick up a nice win by beating the Bucks there. And then you had, uh, let's see, the Blazers, they won. Pace Portland with 41 points. C.J. McCollum just said that he's officially, I think he tweeted out, he's taking a break from signing autographs because of the virus that's going on. Well, there was a memo apparently going out that t- yeah. the NBA as a whole is saying, hey, slow your roll on that. Although uh, Kimber Walker said he would probably still sign, he just said that he would. He may carry his own pen or marker. Yeah, you're not, so he's not exchanging yeah, it off, uh, yeah. the contact with other folks, as that's something that will continue to be monitored. And then we just said Steph Curry was back practicing, and I think he should come back. And the Warriors are going nowhere, but people pay a lot of money ahead of time to watch these guys. I mean, you put down the money for season tickets, you're obviously putting down the money ahead of time. And so why not if you can play? Uh, I don't I just, I don't know that anybody at the top of this draft is just going to just dominate. And whoever it is, as far as the Warriors are looking, they're looking to get back on top next season. So uh, I wouldn't, for me, I wouldn't be so concerned about that. And I would try to get him back because they're saying that he could come back. Well, it was supposed to be last week. Then they said no. Now they're saying, because he had that broken left hand, now they're saying he can come back Thursday against the Raptors. So my guess is that he would not be playing with Santa Cruz, but that would be sort of cool if he did. The place all of a sudden would be uh, packed to get an opportunity to see, see Steph Curry. But getting Steph Curry back for the Warriors, I think, is important for Warrior fans. Not so much necessarily for the Warriors. Tonight, we got Clippers and Thunder. Team ahead and team behind the Jazz. That's at 6 o'clock, and that's on TNT, right? And then at uh, right after that is uh, 76ers and Lakers. As the Lakers look like they're going to continue to hold on to first place in the Western Conference. That's your NBA on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hashtag college basketball. BYU moving up to 15th in the newest AP poll that was released yesterday. That's up a couple of spots. How about that, man? The Cougars in the top 15. That's pretty sweet, 16. <laughs> see what I did? <laughs> I like it. We'll see if they're able to get there. But the pressure is mounting now that... It's about winning in the NCAA tournament. It's not about getting there because that is pretty much guaranteed that you're going to get there because the most you can lose between now and then is one game. (laughs) 
going forward, the most losses you can have going forward is two. Right? If you lost in the conference tournament, either Correct. in the semis or finals, and then in the NCAA tournament, where obviously it's a one-and-done situation if you lose. But good for the Cougars. Getting some love there nationally. We'll see how we uh, are going to be. What are we, uh, 12 days away from Selection Sunday? Excited. Excited to have a team in the mix again. Haven't had a team in the mix for a while. And then to see, going look like they're going to get a seed that's fairly advantageous, certainly in the first round. Seed-wise, I don't know necessarily point spread-wise out of Vegas because I don't know who it's going to be. But seed-wise, you should be favored. You're going to be the better seed, uh, I would think. Something drastic would have to happen there for it not to happen. Sitting as a six seed currently. And so, you know, six, obviously, uh, you got that opportunity there. What's What's that play out to the 11th? Yeah, six eleven in the first round there, and then if the seats hold, you'd get the third seed. So it's going to be tough to get to the Sweet Sixteen, but shouldn't be as tough, obviously, to get the first win in a while because you haven't been there what in four years. That'd be great. And then Weber, man, they're on a down season. They lost to Idaho State in Ogden, and they are currently seven and eleven, eighteen, uh, eleven and eighteen overall. At your college basketball, right here on 1280 the zone. Hashtag college football. Yeah, love Chaz. Um, obviously, the uh, he's all part of the team and he's here, but he's not going to be participating in spring. And pretty much, uh, he's got to go through a process, you know. And, and uh, that's probably the most I can say right now at this point. And I think it'd be inappropriate for me to say any more than that. But that we love him and and we'll support him as much as we can. All right, that's Kalani Sutaki as spring ball opens and the Cougars have some legal issues there. Obviously, Chaz Ayu was pulled over. Was a couple weeks back now. Almost was a month ago or so. Yeah, it was early February. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see. What I think he was going to play and play a lot. Uh, he was not going to participate in spring ball. What did he have? A shoulder issue? Is that what it was? He underwent shoulder yeah. surgery, so he wasn't participating regardless. He wasn't going to play. But this legal uh, situation also. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, for me, see what the legal uh, process says and. As far as BYU's sake, I've said, I'll keep saying it, extend as much mercy as possible, at the same time having accountability for your actions. And once the legal folks get involved, that is a whole lot worse, I guess, or different at least, but probably worse than some honor code violation that isn't against the law. And we know what that tends to be, <clears throat> you know. So here, I think that certainly in those situations, they should extend as much mercy as possible and you'd have more mercy to extend. But once the law gets involved, you have to take consequences. And that, to me, that goes beyond the honor code. That'd be something that would be any university would have to be involved in that when you get pulled over for suspected whatever it is and we know with his situation so we'll see what happens there I think the uh, probably what's going to happen as we see historically for BYU is they sit out a season and then they come back we're seeing that with Neil Powell who I think can be an excellent addition to BYU's receiver score because they're going to need him they lost what three receivers and Powell is a player he wasn't cleared I guess for insurance purposes but he's expected that he did speak to the media uh, on that and you can uh, go online and hear him speak if you're interested to get his or to his own we got the sound up 
So we got that going on. So spring ball, you know, obviously we're going to follow the quarterbacks, see what they do there. And then the Devontae Henry Cole hasn't officially graduated, so he can't be there, right? Yeah, he'll be so there. So he'll be there in, in August. Yeah, well, he'll show, probably show up in May and work out off-season with Right, them, but, but as far as uh, the like, official the team activities. Practices, yeah. So we got to check uh, out that because they need some production out of the ground game. So we'll see what happens there. And then for Utah, well, I think they got – some bad news, too. Sione Lund. Is that the kid out of Brighton? Correct. Yeah. Linebacker. Went to Stanford. Stanford. Yep. And Dante Barton suspended indefinitely for a violation of team rules. While Maxis Tupai has uh, some private matters that he's not participating. I think Tupai will play if he, whatever, I have no idea what those personal issues are. If he can get back, then he would be expect because he was... Uh, him and Tafua, I think, were going to anchor the defensive uh, end spots as they obviously took big hits graduation-wise there. So we'll see how that goes. And, and that quarterback battle, Kyle said that Cam Rising had the upper hand in day one. Long way to go. They got 15, 14 more, and then they'll have 20-some uh, practices in training camp in August when they name a starter. It makes sense that Rising would be a little bit of a head since he has been in the program for a while and the other kid, Bentley, is brand new. So that's something to watch. I don't think anything's going to be decided in spring ball, but it's certainly something to watch. And if they're outside, practices are open, you can go up there. Anybody can go up and uh, if they're outside in the practice fields, they'll let you lean against the fence there on the east side of the field. If you've been up there to practice, you know what I'm talking about. So we'll get to follow that there. And obviously anything that happens that's noteworthy, we'll have it right for you here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hashtag NFL. I'm optimistic just to be able to be a Kansas City Chief for a long time. I think the best thing about this team and this organization is as they handle things the right way and they do things the right way. And so for me, obviously I'm optimistic of, of getting that contract and extending it and my time in Kansas City, but I'm going to just go about being who I am just like I have since the beginning, since I was the backup until now, and that's to go out there, love this game, treat people the right way, and all that stuff handles itself. Well, yeah, Mr. Mahomes, you play like you play, you're going to be even richer. Whatever they can offer you, you're going to get offered because I don't know with uh, quarterbacks coming in and quarterbacks developing, I don't know that I can definitively declare you the best quarterback in the NFL, but right now I can't think of anybody who's better, particularly in the system that they run with my man Andy Reid. You are an excellent quarterback in that system, and you are performing at the top of the game, so you're going to get paid big time. And then we got the labor thing. Yak put this out here, and we do a rundown each day that we have. Giants left tackle Nate uh, Solder told NBC Sports he voted yes on the proposed collective bargaining. It's a great deal for the core players. And that's against what the stars have said, stars like Watt, Rodgers, and Russell, who don't, at least anyway, uh, have disapproved it. I don't know if they've officially voted against it. And I like how we're now... We're judging our worth on Twitter followers. That's that's the world of young people in which we live. Soldier said, some players have fallen victim of the thought, if we were to turn this down, we'll get something better. We might, but we might not. You have a couple of guys on Twitter who have millions of followers criticizing the deal. Others who support it might have 5,000 followers. So, so your Twitter followers determines your worth, apparently. Millions of followers give you a bigger voice. I mean, what's your voice to, though? To the fans? The fans going to determine whether the thing's going to 
hippie pastor or not? And Soldier goes on to say, their voices are the fewer Twitter followers. Their voices aren't loud. In some ways, I'm trying to be the voice for the voiceless. Hey, I've got no problem with you speaking up. I don't know that I'd base it on Twitter. I think his point that is well-spoken and well, I take his point. You know, these, uh, these big shot deal guys that they don't necessarily need it so they can hold out for the best deal possible because they're not going to be as impacted financially. I get that. I don't know that I'd base it on Twitter followers. Their voices aren't loud, the, the fewer Twitter followers. The guys, the grunt guys, the guys who are just journeymen in the league, I understand. So we'll see what happens on that, hopefully for the NFL's sake and everybody's sake. Then the games are supposed to begin, they will begin. All right, coming up, we're having Coach Dave Rose. is going to be in studio here at the top of the hour for a couple hours. Lots to talk about with college and NBA hoop as March Badness is getting underway. Tournaments start this week in Vegas for the Mountain West. They moved theirs up a week earlier, and then, of course, for the West Coast Conference. And then next week, everybody else. And at the end of next week, uh, 12 days from now, as I said, it's Selection Sunday. Find out where the Cougars are going, see if the Aggies get in. Do the Utes make a miracle run? Probably not. And we'll have Dave Rose at the top of the hour. Coming up next, Jazz. Is it a regain of a little bit of a hot streak, or is it just beating up on dogs so it doesn't really count? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Locke joins us right now here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I think the homestand going one and four was unfortunate. The impact of the homestand is I really cannot write a script where we get home court advantage anymore. I know what, we're only two games back, but it's a big two games. So a little bit of what I feel right now is the Jazzers and Quinn kind of have a month and a half to get this thing right. You know, sure, there's still a chance. You're not going to tank games, but it's a month and a half to get this thing figured out and get it right. Because really, Really, at this point, you're probably starting on the road, and you want to be right on April 15th. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. I'm going to tell you about Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for the 21st century in Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.com. All right, DJ is back in D.C. He's an exploratory committee trying to see if they can get Hillary Clinton to run again. He's heavily into politics. Charity into politics. So to him, I mean, they're just the same. Three things in his life, charity, politics, and stats, right? So I know he was going to be meeting with Bill today and see what they can do. Chelsea going to be part of that meeting, too. Now, for Chelsea, for him, it has something to do with soccer. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, no. He's with the older generation uh, right now and big-time meetings back in the D.C. area. We got Dave Rose coming in in a half hour, and we'll talk to him all things and March Madness and other stuff, college basketball, about the Cougars and a whole bunch of stuff that uh, I want to get to with Dave. We appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to come in and be with us for now. I was looking at uh, this Bloomberg thing with this coronavirus, 
and that the NCAA is examining all options for the upcoming men's basketball tournament, including the possibility of holding games without fans as the coronavirus continues to spread across the U.S. So that would be interesting if that were the case. I mean, this is something that is about as Americana as Americana can get is March Badness. I mean, people who pay literally zero attention to college basketball suddenly become interested. In, in, in a sense, it's like a massive version of the Kentucky Derby. And then if somebody wins the Preakness and the Derby, then you got the Belmont. And they're way into it at that point. But that's all they pay attention to. And I think you have some folks, we don't necessarily do that. We obviously follow it much closer than that and pay attention to it, particularly the locals, when it comes to college basketball. But pretty much everybody I know understands that Thursday in March at 10 o'clock our time, there's real live games on TV. And they say the uh, production in the workforce goes way down. I mean, that's something that, you know, every year we're, we're all into it. Uh, so to be having no fans, and then in here they they bid on it. What, what can you have it every four years? Is that what it is? Something I think it's like that? down to every. You know, I think you're right. Maybe it's still four. Yeah. I, I was down to three, but I think you. What well, you say. I think the U of U puts it in, and now they have it here. Yeah. So at, the U of U uh, hosts it here yeah. at Vivint Smart Home. Arena. Yeah. And we, if uh, we're in town, if I'm not traveling, you know, it's fun to be here because you start seeing as our we're on the fifth floor here overlooking the statues and you see people start to line up on the plaza you see the police start to come early in the morning for traffic and all that stuff and there's so much excitement and so much energy around that and it is way fun when they come into our arena uh, for that weekend the whole time bring in all those teams and so that would be unfortunate if the fans can't do it but I guess we'll have to monitor it and see what happens uh, what's going on there if it if it comes to that, that'd be unfortunate. But I, mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. So we'll see what happens, and we'll follow that story as it becomes bigger and bigger here. Obviously, over the next uh, couple of weeks here, as they get going. But I want to talk for this segment: the Jazz. Get on our app, download it. You get 15 seconds to voice your opinion. You can hit me up on Twitter, PK Kinahan, 855-340-ZONE is the phone number, 855-340-9663. Are the Jazz back to an extent? I mean, obviously, you know, we're not saying that they're going to be big-time uh, contenders, but whatever problems ailed them, are they back in a sense? Or is it just beating up on a couple of bad teams, Washington and Cleveland I mean, they stink. There's no other way around it. But at the same time, so I'm down in Phoenix over the weekend, right? And I had some traffic issues. The flight got canceled. So my rescheduling of my flight on Allegiant was going to be Wednesday. Well, with DJ being gone, I figured I couldn't stay down there. As tempting as it was, I had my wife and daughter, and they had to get back for their activities. And so they canceled the flight on Sunday. And they could have gotten us out on Wednesday. Well, we did another airline and paid through the teeth or the nose or other body parts to get back yesterday. Over 600 bucks for all of us to get back and just miss it by a day. But anyway, so yesterday morning, uh, I did the show from down, down there and then have this opportunity to got about an hour or so. So I go for a run. So I put on Phoenix Radio as I'm running along one of the canals. Those of you who have been to Arizona know about the canals. 
and I'm listening to their shows, and they are just blasting the Suns big time because they lost to Detroit and Golden State. Detroit, which gave away players, and Golden State, which, man, I think they dressed, uh, they had like six or seven players, and one guy fouled out. And they're just ripping the Suns as being heartless and gutless and so forth. And I'm thinking they came in here and won so easily. Because for me, as far as the NBA goes, particularly now that we're in March, everything is, how does it relate to the Jazz? You know, as I'm seeing that the Knicks beat the Rockets, how does it relate to the Jazz? And the Clippers and the Thunder of the night, how does it relate to the Jazz? What does it mean for the Jazz? So the Jazz are at the center of everything right now. And so I'm listening to this as I'm running along the canal, and they're just hammering the Suns for just showing no heart whatsoever. And now they're talking about whatever games they got left, 20-some, you know, they're not going to make the playoff, I think, for the 10th year in a row, which is just preposterous. When I lived down there, they had a very competitive team. It seemed like year in and year out, much like the Jazz did with the statues. They didn't have necessarily the continuity that the Jazz had all those years, but they had some stars, too, obviously with uh, Nash most recently and then uh, Barkley before that, Hall of Fame guys. And listen to their radio hosts just hammer those guys. I'm thinking, all right, well, they came in here and just destroyed the Jazz. So as it relates to the Jazz, was that just a bad streak or do they got something going on now? Is something legitimate that they can build on? Well, you got to start somewhere, right? So no one's saying that, all right, watch out, Lakers, watch out, Clippers. Uh, let's just stick with the Western Conference. Or even in this case with the Eastern Conference, watch out, Celtics, on Friday. I think the only way that I can say, all right, that was just a bad streak. For whatever reason, it was a bad streak. Shots weren't falling. The just mojo of the team was completely off. They stunk. The only way I can say that right now is if they go 4-0. If they go 4-0 on this trip, then I'll allow for a higher level of optimism. If they go for 3-1, I'll say, and then with the loss obviously being to the Celtics, and then so they beat the Cavs, Knicks, and Pistons on Saturday, then I'll say, all right, then, you know, it's trending up. They go 2-2. Two and two, they're running in place. They go one and three. They stink. That's my level. That's so basically I'm for for grade wise. I'm going four O A, three one B, two two C, one three no D F. I eliminate the D and I drop to F. One three is F. Completely and totally unacceptable, inexcusable under any circumstance. That's my grade level. But the thing that I like as I've watched these last two ball games is to see them playing the way they're capable of because losing to Phoenix, who's a bad team, really bad, and they lost to the Pistons and the Warriors over the weekend at home, not on the road, at home. Horrendous losses for a bad team that came in here and worked you. But as I watch this game... I think this is the formula in which they have to have in order to win. You know, they can't just have Gobert take two or three, four shots because he shoots an extremely high percentage. The other night he was four for four. Last night he's eight of nine. So even though he's not going to be getting 15 to 18 shots a game, the shots that he gets he normally makes because most of them are dunks, and they're certainly right around the hoop. 
So he's got to be doing that for sure. They got to get more offensive production out of him. A scoring, you got to get more scoring. Uh, when I say offensive, you can get offensive without scoring. Obviously, assists. And I think that's what they need out of Ingles. Ingles cannot give them nothing anymore. He's got to, he's got to be able to give them something. And he did that. Now, he scored five points. We're only taking two shots. But he still gave them a team leading, right? I think it was a team leading. Yes, it was. Let me call it the box score. A team leading eight assists. That's what he does. So, and I said, what a DJ. I said, when he has at least eight assists, last week he said there were nine and three. And so, I know he got eight yesterday. That's the number that I put on it. So I don't remember what he had against Washington, but at right off the bat off of last night, that moves him to 10-3, and three, and that's a pretty good winning percentage if he's giving him that. And Conley? You know, Conley's not a superstar by any stretch anymore. I don't know that he ever was. But the way he played last night, he gave them something that they can build off of. He gave them some level of production. He wasn't just a, an empty dark hole missing shots. Mitchell didn't have a big game, but he didn't need to have a big game. Well, they gave him nine boards, which uh, for at the guard level, if you can get that, that's pretty productive. So you're buying that they're regaining some form. That's like I'm not going crazy. I'm not saying it's a big form. I'm saying some form of momentum. Now they got they got they got what they needed, and I like the style. I would have been more concerned, say. If Mitchell went for 35 and Bogey didn't give you much and Joe didn't give you much. Because you need to get those guys going. And Mitchell, he can get you 35. But I think for this ball club to win, it's got to come from more guys than one or two. And it can't come from Mitchell and Clarkson exclusively. Occasionally that can happen. But I think the best way for them to win is to have as many guys involved as possible. Because outside of Mitchell, I don't think they have the elite level superstar night in and night out that some other teams have. They obviously is not a Harden. Uh, is he a Westbrook? Well, maybe a watered-down Westbrook to an extent. Uh, he's Mitchell's very capable of doing whatever he needs to do for sure. But I think for this ball club, they need to have a little bit more balance. And the last two wins against garbage teams, lousy teams, I get it. I fully understand it. They had better balance. And I think that's the formula for them to win is to have better balance. And we'll see it. We'll see it when they get into New York. And uh, if they're going to beat Boston, most likely they're going to need to have Boston, uh, need to have balance when they play the Celtics. All right, we'll continue that. Dave Rose at the top of the hour. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Ryan Russell with his playing with Carl Malone. What was that like? Well, I know I felt like a player on the other team sometimes when I caught one of those elbows. <laughs> <laughs> but I would go through a forest fire with Carl Malone because I knew he would get the job done. When you got someone as as good as Carl Malone, he made me a better player. He made me run harder. He stayed on me just as much as Jerry Sloan did. And John Stockton, Carl Malone, and Jerry Sloan, that's the people I would want to go to war with. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Welcome back in, guys. Thanks for listening here. DJ's out. I had a special guest I'll introduce in a second. I'll tell you that DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Joining us now, you know him as Dave Rose, former BYU basketball coach. I like to refer to him as Michael Myers, the guy from Halloween. And no matter how many times you try to kill Michael Myers, he came back to life. <laughs> That's my guy, Dave Rose. Oh, thanks, thanks, PK. That makes me feel really <laughs> Pancreatic <good>. cancer? Nah. <laughs> no problem. I can remember, you know, I know people down there. Where we're going back now. How many years? That's, that's a, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep. 10 years. And I heard, oh, man, there's something wrong with Coach Rose. He's got cancer. Oh, yeah, man, that's like a pancreatic Oh, no, pancreatic cancer. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, man, he's going to be gone. Nah. Get out of my face. You just spit that out. No problem. Did you even miss a game? I know you missed some practices. Yeah, I didn't miss a game. You didn't miss a game. That's what I'm talking about for freaking 10 years, man. You didn't miss one game, and you're on a plane. There's all sorts of panic. I don't need to relive that for you, but it's just amazing, your toughness. And then here was a few months ago in the middle of the night, your wife is frantically rushing you to the hospital with a heart attack. Yes, and that turned out pretty good too because they actually put a couple of stints in me, and I feel better now than I, you know, have for the last couple of years. So yeah, uh, you look awesome. So I, if you saw you, I mean, I'm obviously I'm looking at you. You wouldn't <laughs> think that there's anything wrong or there's been nothing yeah. wrong. You look great. You look relaxed. You look tan. Yeah, you look good. like somebody who doesn't have the stress of coaching. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth, especially at this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, what's it next? I mean, you're not a rose. You're 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 a, you're a feline. You got nine lives. I mean, what are you going to do? Like maybe go skydiving and have the parachute malfunction? <laughs> ride a bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just take that and yeah. just continue to defy these odds, man. You can write a book, How to Beat Whatever by Dave Rose. <laughs> yeah, except how to beat UNLV and Gonzaga, St. No, Mary's. Yeah, but that, that's basketball. I'm talking life. All right. <laughs> so this is just a great time of year here as we get going. We were talking about it now. We had to, we had Chris Burgess on a couple weeks back, and I'm interviewing him, and he said that we asked the guys to give us six weeks of basically nothing else. And you know, you've been there a million times. Uh, is that is that what it requires this this time of year? I mean, we we preach balance and, and moderation in all things, particularly at BYU. But it just seems like between now and whenever it whenever it ends. It's nothing but that. You know, it's it's just so it's so fragile because it's uh, it happens. It just happens so quick. And you know, if you've done it year after year after year, you you understand it. These kids coming through, you try to explain it to them. And Chris has so much experience because he's you know done it as a player. And you know, obviously, Coach Pope, he's got a ton of experience. You know, they they won the national championship when he was at Kentucky, and so. They they know how special it is and they know how um, how hard it is to do and so they want everything from their guys and this group of guys they, they understand it's in a it's an experienced team and I think they'll realize how fortunate they are to be coaching such an experienced group uh, in a year or two when maybe they're coaching more underclassmen but uh, right now with that group of guys uh, I think this group is capable of playing for a couple weekends. Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, I would think that, uh, you know, Mark Pope has done a tremendous job. And 
No, to me, he's uh, West Coast Conference Coach of the Year. Uh, but with that in mind, I'm thinking, did uh, you just uh, what what you left him as far as uh, gift? Did he? Did you just rise to the top of his list when it comes to Christmas cards? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's actually make these guys look really good, and we, and we we did. We left him some good players, but he's he's made a team out of this group of guys. And uh, the addition of Jake Toulson is uh, just a tremendous addition. Um, and the way are the guys have accepted him, and he, he's accepted them, uh, has been actually really fun to watch. And then, you know, Alex Barcelo, he he has been exactly what they need that one perimeter guy who can guard multiple positions as far as point guards off guy guards guard you know really um, high level scores and have a real impact on the game and then his toughness just kind of permeates through the group and, um, and then Yoli obviously is better than ever and TJ's had his best year um, and these you know Zach and Dalt and uh, those guys they've just uh, they, they've accepted their roles and uh, I, I, it's just it's fun to watch how consistent they've been over the years, and they've done, been through so many you know, um, you know challenges, health issues, suspensions, all kinds of different things, and all they've done is just you know rise to the occasion and win games. And I think when you, if someone right now would go back and look at the game in Maui against Kansas and watch the first half and really watch it. I think teams will get pretty scared, uh, and you'll realize as a fan that this team could um, – they could play. They could beat anybody they play because uh, they, they played Kansas tough, really tough the first half, and that was without Yoli. And so it's, it's a dangerous team. It can hit shots and it guards well and can really rebound. So those are things that will get, get you – advance you in that tournament. Yeah, we're talking to Steve Cleveland, and obviously you know him extremely well, and he was talking about uh, you know T.J. Hall's really blossoming, and it's fun to see – this kid uh, really just get to where he needs to be as a player, as a senior. And he was saying we thought one of the things that was imperative for him, speaking of Halls, is to have somebody else to rely on. And you just brought up Barcelo and Halls, and that's two perimeter players, or not Halls, uh, Toulson. So you got Barcelo and Toulson there to take the pressure off of him. Uh, do you? I assume you see that, uh, that the – the load now is not on T.J. Hawes the way it had been the last couple of years. Especially the scoring load. I mean, his his uh, overall game, you know, is his, his, a you know just a his court game. He he needs to be really good at that every night, and he I think he has been, but uh, over the years, but but he he had such a, a scoring role put on him. Um, you know, with just you know, he and Yo uh, every night, you know, yeah. trying trying to be those guys. And when one of them was off, uh, you needed to have that third or fourth guy, and it was just hard for us to find that over his first three years. But you bring in a, you know, the conference player of the year out of the Western Athletic Conference, and uh, put him on your team, and he is one of the toughest covers probably in in. Uh, you know, in the NCAA, because he can he, he can play down in the post, uh, but what he really can do is is shoot the ball from the perimeter. And, and you know, he had five threes in that game against Gonzaga, and those big guys just could not get out on him. And uh, and, and then the other night, you know, at Pepperdine, uh, you know, 
in a gym that traditionally BYU doesn't shoot the ball very well in. They just threw that thing right into Yo, and Yo ends up with a career-high 38. So I think they've got a lot of different ways to beat you. I think that TJ can have huge nights scoring. Most of those big nights that he had scoring this year have been when Yoli didn't play. And uh, and now that you know Yo's back, uh, Tej is just he's a magician at being able to uh, distribute the ball and do what he needs to do to help this team win. They won nine straight, and uh, at this time of the year, uh, when you win nine straight, you're going to be nationally ranked, and you're going to be uh, you know bidding for a pretty high seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, 13 assists at two turnovers for Hawes. Well, that's just off the charts, man. It's a, it's it's a, and and then the the scoring night that he had against against Gonzaga, yeah. Um, you know, in the Marriott Center on senior night, that was terrific. But his defensive effort, especially the first half, um, you know, he took a couple charges, he got his hands on balls, and just uh, you know deflected it. And he's a guy that is just playing with so much confidence that uh, it's fun to watch. It really is. It's really fun to watch. So all those seniors, speaking of that Gonzaga game, I mean, every one of them was brought in the program by you, unless I'm forgetting or misremembering something. Uh, even Toulson was brought in the program by you. We know he went over down the street there for a couple of years, but you brought him up from the Phoenix area. I think he went down uh, down in the Gilbert area, yeah, Highland played, High played School. It, yeah, played at Highland. Uh, and uh, so you were, you're you're responsible, and individually, you know, it's been cool to see you at the games because every game they show you <laughs> sitting there. You know, you and your wife are sitting there, and then they talk about you for a couple a uh, couple seconds there, and and individually though to have those seniors acknowledge you on their own. I don't know that it was orchestra. I don't know that anybody told them to do that. I mean, that's got to make you feel good. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and there's a relationship with those guys that will be uh, lifelong relationships because we went through a lot of really difficult things together. Um, and I think any coach will tell you that if you coached a player for one year, let alone recruit a player and coach him for two or three years like uh, – um, you know, like I did with uh, with three or four of the four or five of those guys, and uh, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's just fun to watch them uh, play with such passion, with such uh, you know urgency, and then to have the success that they're having is what makes uh, it really good for me. And and I, you know, I'm I'm really happy for the staff. I think Mark and uh, Chris and Cody and and Nick have done an unbelievable job. Uh, making these guys, these individual talented players, a real team. And you can see that uh, in these really close games. I mean, the game at San Diego when, you know, all the pressure was building because it went right down to the wire. It was a game that, you know, everybody, you can only lose that game. Everybody knows that uh, you're supposed to win it and they make a huge play late in the game and win it. And and just the way that they they really haven't had – you know, a really kind of an off night. I mean, the 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 loss at Boise State earlier in the year in overtime uh, is a close loss. And then again, people say, "Oh, how, how would that ever happen?" The most disappointing loss of the season, probably the Utah game. I mean, they led for 40 minutes. I mean, how do you lead for 41 minutes or whatever? And then you, yeah. in, in overtime, you you take your, you know, you you get behind for the first time and then and then end up getting beat. But uh, you know they 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 easily 
you know, if, if they had Yo the whole year, I mean, this could be a team that you're you're saying right now maybe he's 29 and two or or 30 and one even uh, with uh, uh, that loss to Kansas, maybe the one team that actually put him away pretty good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A whole lot to get to. If you have any thoughts that you want to pass along to Coach Rose, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, I assume you're not on Twitter. <laughs> not yet. I do. I do have. I have an Instagram account which allows me to follow all my my players, the former players. I got a lot of guys playing overseas, and uh, I'm not a real big poster yet. I maybe uh, maybe I'll start doing that a little bit more. But uh, I've always kind of been a guy that wanted everybody to wonder what I was doing, not everybody <laughs> knowing what I'm doing all the time. i got to change that, I guess. Well, get to what you're going to be doing here this week. That's going to be interesting. And then in the next week, uh, Dave Rose is, uh, you know, sooner or later, they all come over to my side. It takes them a while to get there, <laughs> but they get there. We'll explain that next and a bunch of other stuff. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.